This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, Robin's Review. The Hornets were well and truly stung by the Robins at Watford in a Boxing Day special. City running out 4-1 winners in a pretty much complete and controlled victory. Three wins on the bounce now and Manning City are in their stride. Lee's three words were Boxing Day beauty. It was a beautiful away performance from City where Watford just didn't have any answer to our energy organisation and patterns of play. We dominated from start to finish and another couple of goals really wouldn't have flattered us. Merry Christmas. Matt, Merry Christmas to you. A boxing day to live long in the memory away at Watford. Yeah, Merry Christmas, mate. Merry Christmas to all the listeners. It was fabulous, mate. Um, the, the probably most controlled performance that I've seen in a good three or four seasons. Um, and then added to that the goals um, against, let's not forget, a side that would have gone into the playoffs, I think, had they won. Had beaten a couple of big teams recently and were, were on the up. I think they'd have, I don't know how many games it was, they were unbeaten. But um, this was a side bang in form um, and we absolutely demolished them. Um, what surprises me, and it, and it, it, it sums up sort of statistics and, and apologies to Dave Febs, I don't mean all statistics, mate. Um, but you looked at it, and in terms of possession, in terms of shots, Watford certainly had the possession. I think they were fairly close to some shots. But it was a game that we were in total control, I, I always felt. So, yeah, brilliant, mate. Absolutely fabulous. And um, and Liam Manning got his spot on. Absolutely yeah. spot on. Talking about the forum, obviously on Saturday they went they won away at Blackburn, who are you know yep. flying. Um, and what Come what I noticed behind, about yeah. yeah what I noticed about their goals as well, the, the, how they won the game at Blackburn is that it was two relatively late goals. So I was still sort of thinking about that as the as we went two one down, and then later into the game I thought we're we still need to get that extra cushion. And how often have we? wanted and needed to get that extra cushion and not got it but yesterday we did yeah um and you, you could kind of ride out well let's say the last that the injury time um feeling confident that we weren't going to sort of concede but i think even that shows and I, and i know i've seen a few comments from fans around liam manning talking about behaviors after every game but he's spot on you know, we, we could easily, easily, and and I think historically we would have capitulated after going, um, conceding that goal so early. I mean, we've seen it this season um, with with the Middlesbrough game, didn't we? But mm. we didn't, and we immediately got straight back in the game, got the goal. That that third goal was a massive goal, obviously. Um, but they, they stood out to be counted, in, and it was a game where you really couldn't find a player that didn't perform to the levels that were needed. Um, so no spoilers alert, but this was a game far more sevens and eights, <laughs> maybe even a nine than it was, you know, fives and four sort of thing. Well, so they're... no, they, it was, it was a great game. And I think patch, I'm right in saying we hadn't won at Watford since 2011 in the league that we'd won in the cup. Um, and we hadn't scored in, God knows how many of the last games. So, you know, maybe they were owed one, but yeah, tremendous, great following. 
um, brilliant atmosphere and a, a fully deserved victory. Cool. Lovely stuff. Right, let's bring in our guest. It is a, a debut for Dave Skinner, who took his boy for his first away game to Vicarage oh, Road wow. yesterday. So he's going to think they're all like that, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit worried about that. I think it might be quite expensive if uh, he thinks he's going to everyone from now on. But um, yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. And echo all of what Matt said then. It was yeah, it was like a perfect away day, wasn't it? I, I, I struggle to remember a better away day. Um, in my lifetime, really. And yeah, for my son's first game, he did really well, to be fair. The day after Christmas as well, I hadn't really factored in just how knackered he would be. But <laughs> thankfully, uh, the players, um, yeah, gave him a good boost. And then that fourth goal, he was really worried at 3-1. He was like, oh no, oh no, what happens if we draw? What happens if we lose? I was like, don't worry, I think we're going to do all right. And then when we got the fourth, he was relieved. So yeah. God, he must be yeah, a well-educated well educated <laughs> city fan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, obviously, yeah, just picks up his dad's side brilliant love it right let's um or oh, as we do start with our talk club check-in um i'll go first matt i i'm a nine this morning not just because of the away victory yesterday had a really good christmas yesterday um i watched on from robin's tv i know you guys were there but a shift in saying that i pretty much watched football from start to finish it was all on prime <laughs> about four games um I had the, the Bournemouth game on in the background whilst uh, I was watching the City game obviously more intently and saw Alex Scott play well and, and get an assist so uh yeah a good day a good day yesterday and feeling good this morning I'm a good nine mate um going back to to Dave's point I I think probably Fulham away and the 4-0 was the last time yeah I felt like that but it was hard to remember in the last few seasons when it was like that. So yeah, I'm, I'm a good nine. Good Christmas. I noticed you didn't talk about your wrestling game that you got. You probably spent more time playing with yesterday, but yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Re WrestleMania ring with a couple of wrestlers. It took me back uh, to my, you know, early thirties. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> exactly. Yeah. Dave Skinner, how about yourself? How are you at a 10, sir? Yeah. I'd, yeah. Sorry to just be a full house. Yeah. Nine, I'd say. Um, great day yesterday, a bit exhausted after Christmas and everything, but um, yeah, yesterday was pretty special and to go with my son, feeling just really lucky actually to have that experience with him yesterday and um, yeah, 9 out of 10. What time did they have you up on Christmas Day? Well, my son ran into the room at 1.30 in the morning. So Jesus. It's 6, it's wow. 6, it's 6, it's 6. But he was, I think he was, he was that half asleep and dreaming about it. So yeah, 6 a.m. Right. Not, not too bad. Yeah, 5.30. 5.31, in okay, fact. Yeah. I remember it Remember it well. Um, so, yeah. Right, brilliant. Right, let's have a look at the starting lineup then. So, um, only one change, and it was Joe Williams coming in for Matty James. Um, and another talking point there, Jason Knight as captain. So, uh, come to you, Dave, on this one. Uh, that It seems to be a choice between those three at the moment, doesn't it? With Williams, TGH and Matty James, but he's opted for Joe Williams yesterday. Yeah. And I think I heard sort of coming back, I listened to a pre-match interview with Manning and he said that it wasn't a reflection on Matty James, just that he's played a lot of minutes, but something, something that I liked, I know it sort of changed a bit later on, but I liked that James and Williams are the interchangeable ones. Cause I think they, they offer more kind of similar skill set than um TGA and important to how we play than like more attacking midfielders, I guess. So yeah, I was perfectly happy for Joe Williams to come in and he was magnificent. So uh, if we can rotate those two, 
Um, and then maybe, dare I say it, bring in another attacking midfielder, Mr. Twine, then I think that midfield all of a sudden looks fantastic. Yeah. Matt, for you, the change, uh, Matty James not starting when fit, it, I think is a new thing. I think Liam Manning picked on who we're playing and performance levels, whereas I think Matty James was, was a guaranteed starter, wasn't he? Um, I actually thought it was a stroke of genius. I, I kind of hope it wasn't just about minutes. I hope it was about the fact that he saw they had Doug Livermore in midfield and realised we needed more legs in there. Um, Matty James, when we've got time on the ball, is superb. Um, experienced, does everything you want. But when you've got a, a midfield that you need to pop the ball around quickly and you want to have the legs on the opposition team, um, it was a it was a brilliant move yesterday. Um, and Joe Williams was outstanding. His, his best performance by a mile in a Bristol City shirt for me. And do you think it was just reward for, for Jason Knight to, to have the captaincy? Um, I guess so. I mean, it, it was a surprise. I'm pretty sure Zach's been captain. Um, well, Matty James, wrong, under, Matty under James is the, the vice captain. Yeah, it's um, Andy and then, Hyman, Matty James. And then it and seems then to be Viner after that, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought. So, yeah, may, maybe, maybe. I mean, I know um, previous managers haven't gone a lot on the captaincy as such as they, they sort of see it as being everybody should kind of, you know, step up. So I would, I didn't read anything too much into that, like, like you say, other than maybe it was a bit of just reward, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Okay, just for the record then, the starting lineup was O'Leary, Tanner, Viner, Dickie, Pring, Williams, Gardner, Hickman, and then Sykes, Knight, and Mametti, and Tommy Conway. Um, looking through the the other formations across the teams in the Championship and the Premier League, that 4-2-3-1, Dave, seems to, become, to have become very popular. It does. And um, I think... Certainly the way we play it is so flexible. At times it's 4-4-2 um, with Knight going forward. At times, because Pring bombs on so much and Tanner kind of tucks in, um, it's sort of three at the back. And then you've got Mometi, who's not always hugging the touchline and plays sort of that old school inside forward type position. I was just watching yesterday, like at any time you could take a snapshot and think we're playing multiple different formations. So yeah, <laughs> it has become kind of ubiquitous now. I guess that's partly because it's you can adapt it so much and, and modern football isn't as symmetrical as it used to be. But yeah, most teams do seem to play either that or a variation of that. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, right, let's get into the minutes then. Uh so first note I've got, Matt, is the fourth minute, and it was good work from Mametti to win a corner. Uh and he started as he finished the game. Uh on um, whenever it was. What day yeah, are we now? What, what day was it? Was it Friday? Friday, know. yeah. 22nd, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it does feel like that, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we've we talked about Anis being a confidence player. Um, clearly, Liam Manning has put his arm around him and told him what he thought of him. Um, you know, the fact that he was looking to sign him it, um, from um, us for, for Oxford at the time. He's a different player. He now he now looks like a player that should be in a championship side, whereas you know there there were a lot of fans that were saying he was never ever going to be available, you know, be at this level. Um, still, there's still elements, you know, that he he still needs to to that final product, but he's not doing the six seven twists and turns now. He is getting a shot away or just a the pass fours away. and fives. Well, <laughs> a, a, yeah, not maybe not as many as that, but there were probably 
I mean, Dave will have been and, and watched it the same as me. There were probably a good four or five times that he was just fractions away from playing a, a ball that would have opened them up. Mm. Um, you know, he got in the really good positions and then it was just the final ball that wasn't quite there. Um, so I still think there's a lot more to come from Anis. I think the, the more confidence he gets with playing um, and anybody that's played the game, know if you're playing regularly, you know, you feel more more into it. You know what you're doing a little bit more. Clearly, in his post-match press conference after the the whole game, you know, he was talking about his confidence. So, yeah, it was it was a really bright start from him, Patch. Yeah, Dave, your thoughts on Mameti? For me, he's just got to learn and know when to hold him, know when to fold him, know when to <laughs> walk away, and know when to run. Dear, oh dear, that's one for our old listeners. <laughs> Um, I think he has been excellent these last few games. Um, Matt's right that that um, Manning press conference, he sort of, he gave away, he kind of said, oh, I'm going to give him a run at, at two games. And he clearly he's told him he's got four or five games no matter what, which I really like as a, a manager, yeah. you know, especially a player like that, just be like, you're in the team, next five games. You don't have to worry about this, that and the other. And I think that's great management. Something that I was looking at yesterday and actually the, the Sykes goal sort of came from it, but he, my, my, one of my complaints with him last season is that he, he basically always wanted to cut onto his right and shoot. And it was really obvious and everyone knew that was going to, knew that was going to happen. And against Sunderland, he hit the post doing that against Harley scored doing that. And actually yesterday for the, um, the goal that Sykes scored, he, he was trying to do it. And the player went so far over to the right that he got a shot off with his left. And that's, that appears to be something relatively new. Supposedly, he's been working on that, basically, to become more, you know, that he can go off either foot. And because the defender was trying to stop him from shooting on his right, he's gone so far to his left that he got a decent shot off his left in the parry, and then uh, Sykes was there to score. So I think he he does need to improve. I think a few times he danced around the box a bit too long, couldn't get the shot off early enough. But he's, he's an exciting player, and he's obviously working really hard. So, yeah, I'm buoyed by his performances recently. His first couple of performances under Nigel Pearson were more like that, weren't they? It seems like he was almost, I don't want to say the old phrase of having it coached out of him, but he, he's just been given a bit of a license um, to express himself. And he sometimes popped up in the middle, on the right, on the left. So he was really really a roaming. Yeah, and I think, I think under Pearson we kind of played with wingers in a counter-attacking way where you want pace, and that's why Bell worked pretty well. We get, we've got more of the ball under Manning, but also, as you say, he can drop in, and because Pring is so good at getting up to the point that he's a kind of a, a wing-back, almost a winger sometimes, that enables Mimetti to come in. So I think under just the way that Manning plays football is, is more akin to uh, Mimetti's style than under Pearson, but yeah, it's great. Yeah. Ninth minute, Matt, Dicky header from deep from a corner doesn't really trouble the keeper, but there was some really neat build-up play to win that corner. Yeah, there was. Um, and they, they they were sort of targeting Dickey with a number of the crosses yesterday, and, and he won a lot of the ball, but just didn't quite get the connection that he wanted. Um, but yeah, we, we were playing some really good football patch. Um, and yeah, as I say, against the side full of confidence. Um, remind me as well at the end to talk about the before the game as well with with Watford. That's why I'm able to bring that up as well. I'll do it now, actually, as we're talking about it, or as I brought it up. First time I can ever remember that the Watford match they host was brilliant. They had a number of sort of um, Hornet fans 
um, where they were getting their prediction. Young young sort of school children, what school they went to, their prediction. They had a Bristol City fan who I think, and I did, couldn't quite hear, but I think was from Norway. But yeah, come was, over. Yeah. it was Norway, Dave, wasn't it? Yeah. Why? Um, yeah. Said that, and in, in his kit, but said, you know, um, his favourite player. And the announcer said to him, right, go and have a little run towards your City fans and they'll give you a big cheer. So that we all <laughs> then cheered him. But then even better than that, Patch, he then said, as is Christmas, here's a song for all you Bristol City fans. And they played the whistles drinking. No way. Cider. Now, do you think, I, it do you generated think, the atmosphere, Dave, didn't it? it was, do you think they'll ever do that again? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> and I've seen, I've seen some fans talking about it saying, why would you kind of generate that kind of atmosphere but yeah it was brilliant and he, he was a thoroughly nice guy um but yeah just, was. just it, was a, it was a really good touch brilliant now that is that is fantastic yeah, um yeah yeah it, it's not something i don't think that will happen at ashton gate after the after the result <laughs> but uh fair play to them um right into the 11th minutes max called into action from a free kick and it's aspria with a powerful shot on the spin which um which max blocks well dave and i think that is faustino aspria's son i believe yeah somebody was saying that um during the game and it was it was just at the start of the pit, like we dominated the game almost totally. But if it was, if there was one patch that they were um, half decent in or, or played okay, it was that. And I think that was the first chance. But Max, again, I think yesterday he made good, some good saves in the second half. And I don't know, is is I think Max, I think Max is fine. Like I, I don't think he's a great championship keeper. I don't think he's he's. Um, sort of a League One keeper. I think he's probably just a solid championship keeper. But these last few games, I think he's maybe going into the role as the, as the side are getting better. He's just seeing more competent. So, um, yeah, imp- impressive save. Yeah, that one, Max, uh, Matt, he he kind of just got his body behind, didn't he? His, his, ar- his arms were down by his side and he, I think he blocked it with his chest. Came through a load of players patch. Um, yeah. He, he did well to... In some ways, it was a bit fortunate it was so central and that he could have his chest behind it. But I agree with with, with Dave. I think I actually think he's he's been performing really well the last sort of three or four games. Um, and I don't think any of us have ever kind of said he wasn't championship level. We all just feel he needs someone yeah, competition. as competition for a number one, and that should drive him on. So yeah, it was a, it was an important save. Um, and interestingly, you're saying about Espria. They had another lad, uh, Ryan Andrews. I think it was Ryan. Um, he was Wayne Andrews' lad who oh, we yeah. had on loan many years ago, I think from Crystal Palace, if I'm right. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, he was Wayne Andrews' lad. 25th minute, Mametti, all right foot, picks up the ball on the left touch line, cuts inside and shoots right footed, but just wide, Dave. Um, we, we kind of spoke about this already, but he he, he has got that, that, that right foot. He he uses it so well. It's um, it, it's just like a wand. He does. It's a, and it's. I mean, you know, I'm not saying he's like uh, Mo Salah, but there's there's the the comparison that Salah does it from the other side that you know exactly what he's going to do, but it's really hard to stop it. So, mm. um, you know, dancing feet and then gets the shot off. And actually, down that left side, we were finding so much joy. Um, they were playing three at the back, and the there was so much space down that side. And because Spring yeah. was pushing on, Mameti was coming in, Dickie was playing some brilliant balls out there as well. And Conway as well, actually. And for the second goal, Conway was found himself over on the left as well. And I think they re- realised that they could exploit that side. And sometimes we had kind of those four players in that area of the pitch. And 
yeah, resulting in good chances like that one from Mometi. Did yeah, you not you... think, Dave, sorry, Patch, did you not think, Dave, we, we didn't quite exploit it as much as we could well have. Where, where we were, you could just see how much room Camper yeah, had. Yeah. And Dickie, and, and you know, this probably didn't come across on the, on the TV as much, but Dickie was bringing it out lovely and was looking to send that curved pass. But Cam didn't quite go at the right time or had gone sort of a little bit early and then it got delayed. So it it was a, it made me think all the life of how we've defended in the past and we've seen yeah. to give sides <laughs> yeah, loads yeah. of room and not do anything about it. It was literally <laughs> open season down that left flank. Well, I think there were a couple of times where there were like blocked passes or, or sort of last-ditch players sliding yeah. into Watford. And I said with my mate Ben, who was with us, it's like one of those is going to get through. And actually, yeah. you know, when it was Conway who who sort of put the ball in from that left side. So, but yeah, it was, we did well. But yeah, you're right. I think we could have done even more. Yeah. Uh, and I was just going to say with, with Mimetti, um as well, he's, there's still massive, massive, there's still definitely room for improvement. Yeah. You know, like for example, that shot, let's see let's see a curler rather than that sort of direct yeah. shot because um we've seen that a number of times now where it's gone wide um so let's just see a bit of variation um and i think yeah there's still room for improvement which makes it all the more exciting with Metti. yeah um 27th minute it's a tgh free kick headed clear and pring is really well placed to bring the ball in with his right foot and then shoot with his right foot from 15 yards, Dave. 1-0, um, a right-footed shot, a right-footed control, and also nutmegging two Watford players for the goal. <laughs> it was funny, in his interview afterwards, he said he didn't even see it go in. No. Um, and he he just he just sort of said he just took a swing at it. I always think it's funny when professional footballers say they just took a swing at it because they're taking a swing at it is like me hitting a ball perfectly. Um, <laughs> But it was it was good ball in from TGH, which I think it just sort of on the money, like just you know in that area. And the head the header down was poor. I don't know who it was who headed it away, but it headed it straight to Cam, obviously. And yeah, he in his own words took a swing at it, and it was yeah perfect bottom right hand corner through kind of players. Uh, Hamer is it the keeper? Probably yeah. should have done better, but then it is coming through players, so you know whatever. Yeah, um, and I think, yeah. He's a keeper. We we had him on loan, didn't we? Yeah, um, yeah, we did. Yeah, and he's okay. he's a he's a keeper, and he's, I don't I don't like saying it really, but he's not a keeper that I particularly rate. Um, well, he didn't so do very well down at Ashton Gate, did he? From no, he did. He but he's did. a local lad, isn't he? To us, isn't he? From... I believe he might be Somerset. Yeah, um, yeah, but it, I know because they they've got Daniel Backman, haven't they? He's that big sort mm. of keeper, and I I was surprised when I saw the team that it was him starting. So yeah, charge. He's from. Oh, is it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I have to say, because it was right foot, I was just saying to everyone around me, was, was that Pring? Like, <laughs> did Pring just score his right foot? <laughs> so, yeah, it was one of them. Oh, brilliant. Uh, well, I'm 1-0 up. Well-deserved so as well. Um, 40th minute is TGH in on the right-hand side and Mometi's shot is blocked. So it was terrific build-up from City, Matt, um, who were dominating there. And yeah, to, for TGH to get into those advanced positions, pull the ball back. Um, again, Mometi, um, he's just get tried to shoot and get it on, on target, but there's a, a, a different part of the goal to aim for, but nonetheless, it's a chance created and, and a, and a shot just well on target, but blocked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, TGH just brings you energy. Um, 
I think he's, a, he's he strikes me as being a really popular member of the dressing room as well. Um, he's such a nice lad. And at the end of the game, as well as Manning sort of doing the, the three sort of fist pumps, they were pushing TGH forward to do the same. So he seems a, a popular lad. Um, yeah, lot, lots of energy. I guess the other thing we've not we've not talked about is just how much we were breaking up their play. Um, you know, and talked about Joe Williams at the start. Joe Williams covered every blade of grass yesterday. He was putting his foot in and winning the ball, blocking challenges. It was a really, really impressive midfield performance from him. But you're right in terms of the shot. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's what you want to see from Anish. You want to see him getting the shots and the crosses away. So um, that's only only going to get better for me. Yeah. Dave, just going back um, uh, to the 27th minute and that free kick from TGH, how important has it been um, to have someone who can deliver the ball into a into a spot in the box or wherever, really? He he has brought that. We've been missing that. All of last season, we constantly would moan on the podcast about delivery from set pieces, and TGH has come in and he's certainly picked that piece up. Yeah, he has. And you're right. That's the 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 key is having someone that can do it consistently. Um, various players can do it every now and again, but having that option to put it in, I, I like the fact that under Manning we don't put it in there every time. Sometimes it's short corners. There's a lot of yesterday Mametti and someone else would come short every time and then they swap or go, whatever. And I, I like that just sort of like the tomfoolery. But yeah, TGH is just as I say, on the money, getting it in there. Um and it you know. As I say, I don't like sort of lumping it in the box every time, but you, if you've got someone that you know nine times out of ten can put a decent ball in, then you trust it more and, and we got a goal from it yesterday. So, yeah, definitely important. And I echo what Matt says about TGH. I think he's, you know, I think you guys were chatting on the podcast recently about how obviously the club are not going to trigger the um, buyout clause yeah. um, until the end of the season. But I still, I was chatting with my friends in the pub the other day and we were like, I just buy him, and I know that's stupid because you're <laughs> you're a fan in the pub. <laughs> you're like first of January, press the button, like playing football manager. Buy now, buy now. <laughs> um, just because I think he's quality, and he seems like such a lovely bloke, and he, he's obviously yeah. enjoying his football. And something Matt's right about breaking up play, but he did it yesterday. But he gets the ball, break up play, and then drive forward. Mm, yeah. We've got so many midfielders that can do that, and in the past, someone like Pack or I don't know a few others, it break up play, and then you you know sort of docilely pass it to the side or whatever else but TGH yesterday a couple of times him and Sykes can do it Mimetti can do it Williams can do it Knight can do it you get the ball and they just drive forward and it offers such a different dimension it's fantastic yeah, yeah, great point. Well, we all know the best time to score is just before half time, and and that's what happens. It's two now, forty fifth minute. Mametti breaks on the left, feeds Conway, who is very wide left, comes inside, takes it on, and fires it across hard and low, left footed, and Huet. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Apologies. Uh, the Watford defender steers it into his own net with Sykes also waiting on at the far post. Matt, um, an, another. Another good move. Uh, great to see Conway involved and you know getting the assist. And I was harping back uh, to to a, an away trip that I made to Vicarage Road, and I'm sure there was another own goal then. I think there was a pass back to the keeper and it went under his foot from memory. Um, but uh, yeah, nonetheless, it's two nil and it's uh, two nil at half time as well. Tommy did a lot of off the ball running yesterday and kind of you know running the channels. To- you know, trying to close down, going from side to side. 
Um, they've clearly got a, a, a plan as to who goes and when they go, and, and Knight was dropping. Um, but he made a couple of those runs yesterday, and Anis didn't quite pick the, pick the right ball. Um, and with that one, obviously it took him wide, but it was it was fired across. Um, I think he had to make a challenge, cute, but um, because Sykes he was behind him, but he just got it all wrong, didn't he? And put it in the bottom corner, and, and we're all kind of yeah in dreamland because you know it's at the far end from where we were. You see Tommy fire it across and across, and you're not quite sure what happened. So yeah, great great time to score, and no more. No more than they deserve, Patch. They, you know, they really, as I said, stats-wise, I think at halftime it was maybe 53-47 to, to Watford, but it was the control that we had. Their play was a lot of at the back, going long, and then we were cutting it out. So, yeah, it, it, it was a deserved second goal and gave us that little bit of, you know, going into the break feeling like, yeah, you know, we we, we can go on and win this. Because, as I say, as a fan, I was going out there. We, we were sat in the... Um, Odd fellows, I think it's called. So the away fan pub, which if you remember, mate, we we went to go in last year and it was it was derelict practically, <laughs> but it's been been done out now. So it's, it was great, great little venue. And we were chatting before, and I was chatting to to Mike from the um, former players' lounge and um, saying, "Well, we'll take a point. You know, they're on such good form." And then it's two 0 You're thinking, "Yeah, we've got to go on and win this because we've we've dominated it." So yeah, brilliant time. 29th of November 2011, it was. It was 2 2, and the, the own goal was by Mariapa. There you go. Remember that? He sort of laid it back well, from the edge well, of the 18, yeah, 18 yard box, and it went under the keeper's foot into the net. Yeah, I, I can't recall it, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, 2 0 at half time, Dave. Uh, and that is the buffer we, we needed to then get in at half time. Um, and, and we all know what happens afterwards, but uh, yeah, it's 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 great to get it's great to get a goal on the stroke of half time. It is, <clears throat> and as Martin said, it was it was thoroughly deserved. We were, I say, apart from sort of five, ten minutes, sort of between sort of ten and twenty-ish minutes, <laughs> we were by far the better team and we dominated. And you know, I'm sure every football fan feels it about their club, but I feel like this season we've not capitalised when we have been on top and 2-0 was a fair reflection of how dominant we've been in the first half so yeah fair play great ball from Tommy and um, as Matt says Sykes was there so the defender was kind of stuck in that awful situation where you've got to try and mm. get something on the ball but not enough to knock it in and yeah I think Manning said after that you know if you're if you're creating chances and putting balls in the right areas then goals happen it wasn't sort yeah. of a fluke in goal it was, it was one that we created through our good play so yeah fantastic first half Deep breath for the halftime summary. Dent Magic, your Bristol-based car body repair company. Visit us at Cribs Causeway or Central Bristol, or we can even come to you with our mobile service at your home or workplace. Have you got a scuff, scratch or dent on your vehicle? Dent Magic can fix them all. If you need the magic touch for your vehicle, visit www.dentmagic.net to get your quick quote online today. <laughs> probably the best, <laughs> probably the most complete half of football under Liam Manning's tenure to date we've closed and pressed really well forcing Watford into errors the extra energy provided by Williams adding to that the already present Knight and TGH has definitely enabled an increase in pressure being applied we've also been winning a lot more first and second balls than we've been used to for a while in attack we're moving the ball well but can still be more clinical having grown more and more as the half wore on we deservedly took the lead with Pring in the right place to cut out a headed clearance then fire via deflection into the bottom corner 
After another swift and clever interchange down the right flank, Mameti should have scored when found by an incisive cutback from TGH. Soon after, however, Conway engineered some space on the left to drill a very dangerous ball across a six-yard box, which was turned into his own net with Sykes waiting to pounce. If we can maintain the intensity and our concentration, surely we'll be heading home with another valuable three points in our festive sack. Big question is, can we keep this up for the second half? Um, and yeah, good luck to Rob. RB spoke quizzes, Christmas special quiz tonight down at the, the windmill. So anyone in the Porter's Head area, get across to the windmill tonight, uh, seven o'clock kickoff. Um, Matt, at halftime summary, spot on. Um, but the question for me was, we've seen this before, for example, at Southampton. Obviously, I know we didn't, uh, we didn't get on... Uh, to, to win that one but we've seen that first half performance that we could be proud of hang our hat on could we do this for another 45 that was a big question mark yeah it was um and like i say against a, a side bound form so um it rob was right i think i think it was actually the most complete i think we played well against southampton but i think they were also very good and in it mm. whereas this one i didn't feel watford were really posing much of a threat at all from because of the way that we were controlling it. Um, and and I've often said on, on this podcast that we lose the game in midfield too often. Um, we won the game in midfield yesterday. The, the midfield was superb. Uh, so, but I, I don't know why. It's, a, it's that old adage, isn't it, that 2 0 is a bit of a funny score. And actually, we'd all take 2-0 every day every day of the week. You'd rather be 2-0 up than 2-0 down. But it always feels as though the next goal is so important. Um, yeah. Nicely teed up. 49th minute. It's 2-1 to Sissy. Ah, uh, for Tadze. Um, it was a pinged diagonal ball um, and a really good ball, actually. Um, and a decent finish. It was, it was one where, Dave, it was basically... Just caught caught cold, caught on our heels a little bit. I think TGH was the man sort of chasing down the goal scorer, but um, a good finish. Max couldn't really do much about it. No, I don't think Max could do much about it. And it was a perfect finish, having seen it back. Just um, clinical and, and not that they had many chances in the first half, but sort of one or two they got near. They weren't clinical. And it it was a bit of a roar, wasn't there, Matt? And it was a bit of a, yeah. you know, like, Oh dear, we've we've kind of woken the tiger um, <laughs> because you knew that. Well, going into the game, I thought they were a really good side. And, yeah, woke and, up um, the hornet's nest. The yes, hornet, sorry, yes, yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. Poke the hornet's nest. Sorry, I, I should have got that. I'm in. <laughs> my bad. Um, but yeah, but and it just, I just, it was a good finish, and it, it just kind of looked what good teams do. You know, two 0 down, hadn't played very well, come out, score early, momentum shift, crowd are up. Um, but it wasn't to be. Yeah, match. looking at the goal back now, it was a ping ball to Aspria. He lays it off, a right-footed shot through Max's legs, in fact. Um, but still, it was it all happened very quickly. It did. I think from the passage of play before, I think we, we had a clearing header that we didn't quite clear did. far enough. It was centrally. I don't know if it was pringy. Um, but I guess, I guess the other thing to reference, Patch, is that he was a sub that had come on they they took Livermore off which I when I saw they were bringing their two subs on and Livermore was one going off I was a little bit oh god like they're, they're bringing someone on with legs here clearly because Livermore just doesn't mm. and that that guy um I want to say King Cladsey and it wasn't but um <laughs> yeah he, he he had energy 
um, and and sort of ran through, had the legs on TGH. He kind of, yeah, he, he did switch off a little bit and lost him. And it was a good finish through Max's legs, but with power. So he's just difficult yeah. to set himself. No, absolutely. But uh, as, as some of us may have had flashbacks, Straight away, up the other end, uh, literally on the 50th minute, it's 3-1. Sykes breaks up the Watford breakaway, and it's Sykes who's clearly onside as Mimetti's left foot shot is parried by ex-City keeper Ben Hamer, and Sykes is perfectly placed to slot it home. Um, You've already referenced it, Dave. Matt, looking at it in real time, I thought Sykes had to be offside, but it was a perfectly timed run. He was onside, and Mimetti forces the save, and it's 3-1. As Dave said, you know, you've seen the, the footage from the, the Robins. Um, sorry, I get it wrong. I was going to say uncut and it's not called that, is it? But whatever the training montages are that you see. Um, that Mehmet has been taking a lot on his left foot. Um, so it's clearly something he's been working on. Um, was a, a really good shot. Hamer does does what you, you don't want your keeper doing, kind of pushing it into an area where Sykes is running in. And um, I heard Sheridan Roberts say on Radio Bristol, it was a great finish from Sykes. I'm pretty sure I'm I'm banging that one in the back of the net, if I'm honest with you. Not that I'd have made the run. I'd have been made, that would have been my run coming back from, from the previous <laughs> attack, I'm sure. But he, he had to be there. Um, and you, you've gone from utter devastation which is probably a slight overreaction but feeling oh here we go again to then being wow we're, we're right back on top and let's see where we go so now is it 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 was perfect timing perfect timing stick to your guns as well matt robin's uncut is correct is it there you go yeah dave it was it, it was also great to see him as sykes in that position because uh the had won against hull on um friday night where Similar after he'd already scored, he's shot and Bell was at that back post. And I think yeah. it, it, the keeper parried it and the defender got there just first. But I think I hope that's something they've worked on. You know, if Mimetti's on the edge of the box there, mm. there's a high chance that there's a shot's going to come off and it'll go to that side. And it's it just looked like good training ground work because, as I say, Bell was obviously in that position as far as I could see to get a rebound, but the defender did well. And yeah, just time there's no Watford defender there, and Sykes was there. So yeah, and and that turnaround from yeah, sort of dejection to yeah. absolute overjoy was fantastic. It's the belief that they've all they all seem to have yeah, as well. Yeah. They they went they went two one down. It was not picking out any particular team of City pass, but quite a few of them. They would have been pondering on that and thinking about it. Um, and we have seen that goal after half time a few times in the last you know 9 10 games uh but the concentration levels obviously Watford have come out they've come out you know bullet a gate trying to get back into the game um but to go up the other end and and re reinstill that two goal cushion is what i really liked and the fact that Sykes broke that that Watford breakaway up and finished it off with the goal that's what i really liked dave about the whole thing yeah, wonderful. And um, I think we, you know, you don't have to think about that far match to, to a Bristol City team that let in a goal just after half time and then another one because it was the Middlesbrough game, wasn't it? Where we're tuning up at half time and then went two yeah. behind. And I think Manning referenced that in one of the post match interviews I listened to. And it, I like what he said. And it's a similar thing that Pearson used to say, but I guess easier said than done that you don't, you don't get too high with the highs or low with the lows. And if you concede, you just keep on going. 
Um, and we're seeing real evidence of that yesterday by, by slight scoring. So yeah, and and as you rightly said, to be the person that broke up the play and then finished the move is fantastic. Yeah, 54th minute, Mameti bursting forward again, jinking in and out, cuts in, doesn't shoot, goes inside a bit more, <laughs> then opts to pass but it's cut out. So I think we've already referenced this, um, the fact that Mameti was heavily involved, uh, sometimes guts his shot away, sometimes tries to take it on a little bit further, but then he opts to pass and unfortunately it was blocked. Uh, 60th minute header from Watford and then Max well-placed to make the save look easy. Matt, the 60th minute, it was a it was a good header from Watford, but and Max did make it look easy, but it was just because he was in the right place at the right time. Yeah, it was at the, the the far end, obviously. Um, and I'll be completely honest, I'd gone for a wee. <laughs> and, um, Which Dave's so just, just gone I've, for a wee as well, so that's no yeah, good. So, so I've, <laughs> I watched it back, um, but the reason I knew something had happened because I heard the chair and or sort of the... Um, the relief. The, the relief kind of thing from our end, yeah. Um, so I came back in and, and Ben Mead, who, who went with me yesterday to Watford, was sat next to me and I was like, what happened there, Ben? What did I miss? He was like, uh, oh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. So I had to watch it back to see what it was. Yes, so, Chris Kamara. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's been a red, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, when you when you watch it back, he, he he does everything right, doesn't he? He sort of smothers it. Um, I don't know if he did. He push it out for a corner. Um, um, because he couldn't grab it first off. I can't I remember. I think that's a different one. Back. I think that might Is be a different right? one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, that's 69th minute. But um, again, you, you're right, Patch. He's got to be there from a positional point of view. So, yeah. Yeah, and some people will say, oh, it was straight at him, but it was because he was in the right place. Yeah. But uh, he's close as well, so yeah, you're yeah. right. That, actually, that's a really good point, straight at him. But yeah, if he's the other side of the goal, it's, it's not, is it? It's him, so yeah. Uh, 63rd minute, Mimetti on the right now causing problems, but then back on the left, fails to find the correct pass, but decision-making work still to be done with Anis. Uh, we covered that already. 66 minute Mometi again, but this time central. A few touches and a shot which is deflected wide, but no corner. Do you remember that one, Dave? He was sort of coming through the middle, Mometi, and it might mm. have looked to to some that it, it, he shot wide, but it actually takes a little knock off the heel of the defender. Yeah, no, I do remember that. And again, um, Mometi picking up those pockets, kind of inside, offering something different, and and. Credit campering again, him him getting wide kind of um, enables that. <clears throat> but yeah, no, it was a, yeah, hard to see really from where it just just looked like a shot that was deflected, well blocked. I guess yeah. I did, couldn't really tell if it was going on target. But yeah, again, him him being um, sort of inventive and just you could see yesterday that he, he was playing with confidence. Mm, and it, yeah, yeah, he's he's a completely different player, isn't he? Than just sort of a few months ago when he was getting these very little cameos sometimes from Pearson, and he just yeah, fantastic to see. Sixty seventh minute, Matt. We sorry, saw the change. Sorry, Patch. Just just on that point, Dave. Then it goes back to what you were saying earlier on in Manning's interview that it always felt with Mametti that he had to come in, do something, and if he didn't, yeah. he was then out, and and not yeah. even just out of the starting lineup, out of the squad almost mm. as well. Whereas clearly Manning saying to him, you've got games here. I'm not expecting you to be a nine out of 10 every game. Mm. Um, go and, and it, enjoy your football almost. And you mm. can see that. It's, it, I think it's a good, like, to think about He's had sort of a different trajectory, hasn't he, to get yeah. to where he is now compared to a lot of the players who have come through academy, probably very good at the, ba- like you know, the, the mundane basics or whatever. 
Whereas um, Mometi is a bit more um, hit and miss, I guess. And sometimes he tracks back well, sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he makes good decisions, sometimes he doesn't. So there's a lot of work to be done with him. But he's also just this really exciting live wire. And I think we've seen Pearson, I think, was a brilliant man manager with many of the players. But for whatever reason, with Mometi, I, I say I don't think his, his style really suited Pearson's type of play, really. Um, but it does Mannings and yeah, early doors, but we're seeing some brilliant man management with Mametti from Manning, which is great to see. It's one thing to to pick up on there as well. The fact that you've got of that three, you've got Sykes on one side, Mametti on the other. Sykes has played very defensive. He's played in, you know, virtually every position for us more or less, but Mametti mm-hmm. is more out and out going forward. So does that side of his game need to develop as well? Maybe the defensive element? I think it does, but then kind of weirdly, because you've got Cam Pring, it kind of covers for a lot of what you need that he can get He can get up and down really well. And as I say, <clears throat> the way that we play, it's not, you know, it's not symmetrical. Tanner's not expected to get forward at all. So actually, when often when when Pring goes forward, Tanner kind of tucks in and we go to a back three. Yes. Therefore, Mometi's sort of got a free roll, not really, but I say that's the yeah, good point. left position. So therefore, there's not the onus on him to get back. But again, I think that's from Manning. It. I just I was thinking about it yesterday that actually, the way that we play suits the players that we've got really well. Which mm. which again is something that Manning, you know, fair play to him. It's like you're not you're not trying to like this is my system. You guys fit into my system. It's how can we, you know, utilize the players that we've got at our disposal. And as I said, when when Tanner comes in, Sykes can sort of pull back a little bit maybe, and Mimetti comes a bit of a free roll. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, of course, developing the defensive side of Mamati's game would be great, but it's it's not it's not like a necessity. No, the way oh, yeah, really good point, really good point. Um, so, Matt, sixty seventh minute, we do see a change. We see James coming on and Taylor Gardner Hickman coming off. Uh, that sort of midfield rotation in in display there. Yeah, and I was really glad that it wasn't Williams. Um, not not that TGH had, had a sort of bad game or anything, but Williams was just so bang on it yesterday and still looked full of running. So it was the right call to make. And I think, again, it, it 3-1, bringing on that experience. Manning talked about it after the game when he, he referenced Andy Vyman, that, you know, he's able to turn around and bring on Vyman, Wells, James, you know the experience that that is within the championship is fabulous. So yeah, I think it was the it was the right call at the right time, Patch. Yeah, uh, another good save from Max O'Leary. This is the one you were talking about, Matt. Uh, makes a save down to his left and then pushes it out for a corner. No nonsense goalkeeping. Um, he he did it did sort of get away from him, but rather than try and claim it, he literally just pokes it out with his hand uh, for a corner. Safety first at three one. I like to see that. Uh, 72nd minute night through ball to Sykes, who surely has to square it to Tommy Conway, um, but opts to dink the keeper and it goes wide. That should have been 4-1, Dave. It should, but I love that dink. I, lo- <laughs> and I think he's, he's done that before, isn't he? I think it was it maybe uh, Swansea away, potentially, I think. Oh, no, he can't. Oh, I don't know. No, you're right. I've seen him. I've seen him do that before and it when it goes in, it's fantastic. And, mm. um, just the optics, as soon as we dinked it from where we we're sitting, it looked like it was going in. And then yeah. I think Knight touched it and then he was offside. But yeah, he probably should have squared it. But 
had it gone in, it would have been a really beautiful goal. So yeah, I don't think Tommy Conway would have seen it that way. But there yeah. we go. <laughs> Tommy was letting him know what he thought, but. Um, Sykesy also was gut- absolutely gutted. He was, um, he was. You, you could tell, you know, he, he he knows he should have finished it. So, yeah. Yeah, the point you reference, Matt, comes next. Um, 75th minute, it's Conway and Mametti off and Wells and Vyman coming on. Bringing on Wells and Vyman, two proven players, goal scorers for us in, in, in the past several years um, at 3-1. Fantastic. Yeah, you know, there won't be many teams that can make those substitutions. And irrespective of, you know, maybe the the, the form that Andy Weidman has had, and this is what I really liked about Liam Manning after the game, that he was as delighted for Andy Weidman scoring as he was for any of the goals, but just talked about, you know, he knows that he wants more minutes, but that his attitude and the way that he's been with, especially the youngsters, is first class. And I think his fans, we, we don't necessarily appreciate that. And I'm, I'm not in any way saying we give out a load of contracts again for players because they're great in the dressing room. Obviously, you, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that, but we know what Andy Vineman can bring. Um, and obviously we'll, we'll, we'll go on and talk about it. So yeah, I was, I was really, really pleased with that, but the substitution to bring on that class, I thought Naki Wells looked brilliant when he came on against Hull. Um, and so knowing that Tommy can, and, and Tommy's got to work so hard in that sort of, you know, ahead of the pitch position. So he is going to end up getting substituted because you want to keep the legs on there. So yeah, great, great options to have, isn't it? And the bench is getting stronger back patch. Um, mm. You know, I think we're, we're probably only a couple of weeks, hopefully before, before McCraw is back, Andy King, um, you know, another experienced person, um, Rob Atkinson. And I've even seen someone talking about, um, Eamon being back on the pitch. Eamon, Eamon, apologies. I need to ask him how he pronounces it. Eamon. But Eamon being back on the pitch um, and training. So, you know, we're getting to the stage where we're almost getting a fully fit squad. So, well, and Nate Smith as well. I think and, Nate, and Carl got, Naismith, yeah. Yeah, three, um, three or four weeks um, yeah. after he comes back. But, uh, but yeah, and only four days until the January transfer window opens up as well. Yes, yeah. Um, 81st minute, Watford giving the ball away um, and with Vyman well-placed, Sykes has a heavy touch. And that was just as I put on a Vyman for next goal scorer at 22 to 1. So I was a little bit upset with Sykes for not laying it off, not only to Tommy Conway, but also to Andy Vyman. However, 83rd minute, I cashed in £22. Thank you very much. Christmas bonus. 50th league goal for Andy Vyman. That's 51 in total. Joe Williams with an outside of the right boot, outside of the right boot pass. And Andy Vyman in space. Still lots to do, Dave. He brings it inside really neatly and gets it into a position where he can just touch it over the keeper. And it's 4-1. And the crowd literally went mental. Yeah, we did. Um and I think important to recognise Joe Williams' part in that goal. It was a beautiful ball and sort of, you know, good for him to get an assist because he he was excellent. And Andy, yeah, lush. What a, what a finish. And it, I sort of, when he did it, I said to one of my friends, like, I've sort of forgotten that he can do that. Like, his finishing was so clinical in that season yeah. when he scored just over 20. And it, and it, you know, in a way, it looked like he didn't... There was a lot of time, but he didn't really think about it. Just ran through. Yeah. And, Top right in the corner, sort of curled around the keeper. And um, I love his celebration, tapping the badge, running to the fans. I think a post-match interview with him I heard yesterday just saying about how much the club means to him. I think 
you know, I'm not really sure what his position is in the squad moving forward because I don't think he's quite necessarily got the legs to start in the way that we want to play. But if him sort of Naki have this role of coming on with 20, 30 minutes to go, kind of finishes the, that, that rugby turn of like just, as you said, Matt, bringing on that experience is fantastic. And to see him yeah. score, packed away and yeah, for, yeah, amazing, amazing. Matt, Andy's quite a softly spoken uh, chap and when he came on the podcast a couple of months ago now, you could tell how much he loved the club and he, he just wants to stay here forever, become an FPA ambassador and settle down in Bristol for the rest of his life. I don't think there were many players yesterday that the fans wanted to score more than Andy Vyman. Um, when he went through the, the euphoria and the fact, I know it was the fourth goal and you kind of then know that you've won it, but it was such a brilliant finish. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I immediately thought he has to be offside because mm. he seemed to have such a, a clear run at goal. But then the angle's quite tight and Hamer kind of comes out and I, I was directly behind the kind of angle for that finish. And to see him kind of lob, I mean, it wasn't a lob, he, he, he sort of drives it into the net, but over the keeper's head, it was a brilliant finish. And, you know, again, it's the sort of finish that can can give you confidence and then the next opportunity that comes, you know, who knows what will happen. So, no, it was great to see, mate. Yeah, lovely stuff. 86 minutes, another substitution. It's Bell on, Williams off, Conway off, Cornick on. Um, yeah, at, at 4-1, this is about just giving a little bit more game time to, to players as well as breaking up the play and running down the clock a little bit. So um, nothing really to talk about there. It was kind of like, well, like for like uh, Conway and Cornick, but Bell on, Williams off, Dave. How did that sort of settle it in? Kind of, yeah, maybe just realised that we... we how similar it is to 4-4-2 because that's basically what we did. It was kind of Wells and Cornick up front, but with Cornick probably dropping back a bit, doing what Knight normally plays. <clears throat> and then Bell on the right wing, Vyman on the left wing, which is an incredibly attacking 4-4-2 for the last few minutes. But yeah, um, I was glad to see Sam Bell get on. Sam Bell's my lad's favourite player. So he was happy to see him come on. Um, and he had that, it wasn't really a chance, but he ran through. So yeah, we, we were happy and uh, my son especially cheered on Sam Bell. So that was good. Yeah, sorry, I think I got that wrong. It's Mark Sykes off, Sam Bell. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Sykes. Was it Sykes off? Yeah, Sykes off and Sam Bell on, Joe Williams yeah. off and Cornick on. Yeah, that's right. Um, and that takes us to the end of the game. Uh, 4-1, jubilant scenes in the away end. Um, Manning's triple punch to the crowd, lovely to see. Refuses to bounce around, <laughs> though. Um, lots made of that, and he said... Um, I'm not bouncing around until we do something. Um, but a 4-1 away win is pretty impressive. But I kind of like that in a way, Matt, because he's waiting to... It'll be almost like when he does do it, it'll be even more euphoric. Yeah, he, he's he's got to feel that, you know, he, he kind of wants to do it. And I think he's he's actually spot on when he says, you know, he's, he's waiting for us to actually do something. So... Um, yeah, I mean, if anybody is making anything out of that, it, it was all very light-hearted. So, um, uh, yeah, he can do what he wants as long as he keeps. Yeah, exactly. If we, if we win, points. We win four-one every time. Yeah, I really don't care. Um, so no, it was. Um, yeah, it was great. It was great. Lovely stuff. Right, uh, this is what I've been waiting for all evening and all morning is the <laughs> ratings. It's it's surely going to be the highest of the season so far, but time will tell. This is how this works, just so so that everyone um, knows. So six is an expected performance. 
Um, and Matt will go through now and tell us what predictions we've got in the, the minimum, the maximum, the standard deviation, the tangent and the cosine. No, he's not doing all of that. Christ. Mass <laughs> was never my strong point. Well, um, named I, after I need, it, aren't you? Yeah, well, there is that. Yeah, I need uh, I need yours and Dave's as well, mate. Okay, right. Dave, what are you thinking in terms of uh, the average individual team rating? Uh, I'm going to copy Paul Tweasley from the last pod and say eight. <laughs> okay, um, I, I think that's a little bit high. I'm going to go 7.43, Matt. Okay. Um, right, so I will be completely honest to say I've not I've not done it yet, so I'm doing this now. I, I deliberately didn't do it last night because I didn't want Such too much of the well, I didn't want too the, much of the euphoria. The euphoria. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and and kind of be a bit be a bit realistic, but also this morning I'm thinking it's four one away at Watford. Like that's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> so we've gone from um, the lowest rating of being 6.95 from James Smith, James Smith, sorry, to the highest rating. I mean, I, I ought to discount him really, but well, the highest rating was Shane O'Connor. Um, 15, f- wasn't it? F- 15 from Shane. Um, 15 out of 10, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. But then he, he has qualified that and gone to 7.9. Um, but also friend of the show, Rob Skeets, no surprise that Rob went 9.8. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, I kind of, I'm probably going to, Rob, with the greatest respect, take that 9.8 out because I don't even think you believe that was really a 9.8. So if we take that from an average of all of those, uh, and we have 45, uh, is 7.72. Okay. Um, So there's your your kind of, um, your overall. So as we go, um, so Max, it was one of those with Max that um, you kind of look at it and go, oh, was it a six? But he made he made the important saves that counted. So that one early on, mm-hmm. yes, it, it sort of hits him, but again, he's in the right position. But that's nil-nil. We could be one-nil down and it's a different ball game. And then he makes two saves in the second half from close range sort of headers, which again, you know, keep keeps us ahead. So for me, I've gone seven for Max purely because of that. He had one kick yesterday that he got wrong. Everything yeah. else's distribution was really good. Um you Four know, saves went, in total, according to the yeah, stats. There you go. So, but close in save. So, may, maybe that is slightly being euphoric on the win. But I also feel it. Yeah, he, he deserves some out of it. So, I've gone seven for Max. Um, Pringy. <laughs> so, brings an eight for me, but could even have been a nine because of the goal. Um, and because of getting up, the reason I end, I'm kind of going eight is because I actually think he did have more opportunity as well to make more of the space that he had. Um, and that might be a little bit harsh. You know, a couple of times he made it, he didn't get the ball, but he's a definite eight for me. It's whether I go nine for him. <laughs> I think I think eight myself. How about yourself, Dave? Yeah, go on, eight. So, okay. Um, Rob Dickey, Zach Viner, um, I've gone two sevens for both. Again, Rob could be an eight because of the way that he brought the ball out, but I don't know whether that was because the space was that side and you know Zach didn't have the same on, on the other side. Um, but Rob, he, he probably made, I don't know, maybe 60, 70% of those sort of passes count. Mm. Might even have been 50-50, but he had a lot of opportunity. But he certainly... 
he, he's a massive signing for us, Rob Dickey. You know, I think when he signed, there was, there was a few of us that kind of thought, oh, he's in a poor QPR side. Is is he really going to be what we're looking for? I think he's been superb for us. And yesterday, he was a colossus at the back, really didn't get past him very much, caused a few problems up front. And, and as I say, his distribution, he was looking to play that ball to Pringy, you know, an awful lot. And he did make an awful lot of those balls. So Everyone's talking of, about Jason Knight as the signing of the season, but Rob Dickey's got to be running he's close. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's he's right up there. Um, so I went, I went two sevens for those, but... That could easily have been an eight for for Rob, but I think Pringy with the goal probably is what warrants the eight. Um, and then similarly with George Tanner, George Tanner's a definite seven, but could easily be an eight again because defensively he was superb yesterday. Um, I don't, I can't recall a single time that he got beat when he was one on one. Yes, he gave a few. You know, I say gave a few. He put the ball out for corners on a few occasions. Mm. But the bloke didn't get past him. Um, it was a really, really good defensive performance from George. And um, I know we're all talking about Ross McCrory being the, the kind of Cafu in coming in. And he will give you a different style of player, I'm sure. But I think genuinely, when you know you want to defend, having George Tanya in your team, he, he's, a, he's a proper defender. So I've gone seven for him, but that could easily be an eight. Comes back to what you were saying literally five minutes ago, Dave. Um, McCrory is probably more of a, more of a, not quite a campering, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. just he's definitely more attacking yeah. than George Tanner. Um, so if we're playing this system where Pring bombs on and and George tucks into a three, whether Ross does that as well or what, it's going to be an interesting one yeah. to see how that works. It is, and I like the fact that we're not expecting too much of. George and asking him to get forward and that side of his game because it's not as strong as his defensive side so playing to his strengths which is great um, I do think if McCorry comes in it does give you an option to go to a genuine three at the back and maybe if Atkinson or Naismith come in and you just sort of free up McCorry and Pring but it gives lots of options but yeah Tanner was defensively was fantastic yesterday I agree with Matt yeah okay um Going into the midfield, um, so Sykesy, Taylor Gardner, Hickman, um, Taylor, I've gone seven. Sykesy, I'm torn between a seven and an eight. Um, eight. A, again, the eight. goal, yeah, I think it, it, he was just a threat, wasn't he? And although it didn't yeah, really I thought come he off, really yeah. Um, so, yeah, an eight, eight for Sykesy, a seven for Taylor. Um and I'm 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 gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Joe Williams, I've gone nine. I Christ, Joe I thought you were Williams, gonna say ten then. No, I I've <laughs> gone I've gone nine and and I, I I was looking at nine thinking players that have got nine before or players that have kind of got two goals and have been unbelievable. I just think like I said, I cannot say just how good I thought Joe Williams was yesterday. I'm pretty sure he won the the club vote for man of the match as well. Did, yeah. Um yeah. by quite a margin. But it was everything he did yesterday. Yeah, he got the assist for, for Andy, but he put his foot in. He, he He's the most, it was the most fit I've seen Joe Williams since he's been in a Bristol City shirt. He was still, he didn't look leggy when he got taken off. He was still running around, um, diving in, but he, he, he was making challenges with control. And sometimes with Joe, that's not often the case. You know, he, he, he kind of goes a little bit over the top or 
I just thought it was just a fabulous midfield performance yesterday. So yeah, I went nine for Joe Williams. Here's a question for you, Dave. Which was the better Joe Williams assist for Andy Vyman? That one or the one up at Blackburn where he, <laughs> where he found well, Andy yeah. Vyman in a right wing back position? <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that was a, probably a better goal, like team goal, that <laughs> assist yesterday was beautiful. I Interesting yeah. on Joe Williams, I heard somebody was saying yesterday that <clears throat> there's a suggestion that he's been told he can find a new club in January. Which, um, you know, it'd be interesting to see whether we do renew his contract or not. But yesterday's performance is obviously going to do him a lot of good in staying. And yeah, I'm not, I, don't, I mean, again, I guess you don't really have to decide now, but then Joe obviously will want to sort himself out. So it'd be interesting to see if he does go and talk to other clubs or if he stays. But based on yesterday's performance, if we can get, you know, obvious to say, but if we can get him fit and playing regularly, I think he, he'd be worth renewing his contract. Yeah, I mean, for me, there's absolutely no way, unless you've got a similar combative, um, energetic midfielder coming in, there's no way you let Joe Williams go in January. Um, if, if but I wonder, he, can sign, he can sign a pre-contract, can't he? He can sign a pre-contract, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right, yeah. And, you know, um, so so from, from, from that point of view, yeah, absolutely. Um, and... and Maybe it's a little bit like the Naki Wells, the Andy Vyman situations have, have, have gone. He probably will need to renegotiate the terms that he's got. Yeah. Um, yeah. But certainly he would be a player that I would be offering a contract to. Um, and that's not just based on yesterday. I've, I've been pretty consistent. With um, <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You know, I think I think with Joe Williams, I think a fit Joe Williams mm. is, is, a, is, is a really good championship player. Needs more would goals, it, more assists, other... but yesterday was excellent. The other thing, the narrative about his injury proneness, if that's a word, seems to have gone. Um, and I wonder, like Pearson used to, maybe not so good, say so he couldn't play two games in a week and all that kind of stuff. And hopefully he's passed all that. But even the conversation around it, and it always used to be, you know, managing his minutes and it was evident he'd come off early and then he'd play really well and not start the midweek and stuff. That that seems to have gone, which is great because you don't really want that hanging over your head as a player, do you? Sort of that injury prone thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, so ninety, I went eight. Um, again, a really good performance, Jason Knight. All energy. Um, Captain, I I, Captain's I re- armband didn't seem to affect him. No, not at all. Well, if anything, well, no, I was going to say if anything it drove him on, but it wasn't. It was the same performance you get from ninety. Mm. Sometimes um, that I can be a bit of a arguably should be a, should be a six for him because he plays like that most well, weeks, but. Yeah. Um, Sometimes that captain's armband can can put players yeah. in a different sort of mindset, and I don't think it Def- affected him. I'm sure he was no, uh, not at all. very very not pleased. At all. Uh, and I'm sure again, I've I've seen something on social media that I think it was from a, a Watford forum saying that he could get himself out, come out with the ball um, in a phone box, like in tight spaces. <laughs> he he just. He's a very clever player. He gets the ball and he, he, he'd, he'd do the stepovers to let the ball go through him. Uh, he lets it run across his body so the defender's completely, you know, flummoxed. Um, yeah, it was a really good performance from him yesterday. Um, and then I've got Anis and Tommy. Tommy, I went seven. Um, and the reason for that is I thought he put in a real shift yesterday. He's, he's been really, you know, he's been good, what we would expect the last few games. Yesterday, I thought he looked to be getting that extra yard of pace yesterday. Um, he was running side to side, lots of energy. Um, and obviously kind of, you know, he, he was the 
I, I don't know. Does he get the assist for the end goal? Who, Conway? Well, officially, I think. Yeah. But... I don't know whether you get an assist for uh, an end goal. No. No? Um, but he, but obviously... like, he was like an assist, though, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. It was exactly. such the, a good ball into the area good... and the run yeah. was great as Ex- well. So. Exactly. So, yeah, so I went seven for Tommy. And for Anis, I went eight again. I thought Anis was a constant threat, driving at them, causing them all sorts of problems. Um, yeah, so I, I went eight for Anis. Um, and then for, for Liam Manning, um, if it's not a nine, then I don't know what you give a bloke on a 4-1. Getting his, his initial starting lineup right, his substitutions. Um, I maybe I should be going a seven for, for him because I don't want to get too high or too low with, with, with Liam. But yeah, I've gone nine for him. So I thought I thought it was he got his spot on. Um, so on that basis if everybody is in agreement, that is an average of 7.55, which it doesn't feel right with a 4-1 <laughs> win, really. Um, it, it does feel like that should be higher. But when you look at it, you know, Max, I don't think is you wouldn't give any more than a 7. Pringy, as I said, arguably could have been a 9. Dickie could have been an 8. Tanner could have been an 8. Um, I, I do kind of feel... <laughs> We're doing a bit of a misservice, and I'm doing a bit of a misservice because, as I said, I don't know if you win four-one away at Watford or on form. Mm. That feels like the sum of the parts should be, and it, it yeah, but wasn't... it doesn't always work that way, does no, it? No, I know it doesn't. If, but it, if it was you a average team performance though yesterday, it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. yeah. But if it's an average, isn't it? You say seven point five five. Is that why you're disagreeing with me? <laughs> no, no, no. I can't remember what I said. Something, something like that. Let's have a look. See if we have. So we did have. Um, we had two 7.55s. Um, Wurzel of Oz got 7.55. Mm-hmm. And friend of um, friend of the Three Peeps show, the Three Peeps show, that's Ben Bond, got oh, yeah. 7.55 as well. Yeah. Wow. Well so done. there you go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, as you say, Patch, it doesn't always work out like that. And I think we've probably been fair there. As I say, I, I don't know that Pringy was a nine if you take the, the euphoria out of it. Um, but yeah, um, 7.55. Brilliant. Well, it's uh, regardless of the average, it's a fantastic away day. Can we go to Birmingham, Dave, and get four wins on the trot? Why not? Yes, yes, 100%. <laughs> um, Birmingham, uh, I saw a stat earlier, and it just made me laugh that Rooney, they were fifth when Rooney took over. He's yeah. had 10 games, he's won two, they're in 19th. Um, just what the, did they finish the, yesterday? Was it three one? Yeah, yeah, lost three yeah. one. But just the how similar it is to when Zola came in for uh, I can't remember who replaced. Yeah, him. but um, it's they just it's like Gary Rowett. Yeah, it was Rowett, and just history repeating itself. I, you know, new owners coming in and getting a flash manager. I actually quite like Wayne Rooney, but I think the situation is just hilarious. And um, yeah, I think we can add to their misery. Mm, absolutely. Just um, want to bring up the academy again. Uh, watching with half an eye the Bournemouth game um, on the TV yesterday as well. It's great to see An- An- um, Antoine and Alex playing in the same team, linking up. Alex getting that fantastic assist, and I think it was um, the gantry on uh, <clears throat> excuse me on Twitter who uh, who said about the the academy um they said not enough is said about bristol city's talent id and development just two examples in antoine semenya and alex scott 
um, of former Robins that have stepped up seamlessly into the Premier League. And my response was plenty said about it here. Um, very proud of them and our fantastic academy. And they they replied, excellent scouting, HPC, proven pathway into the first team. It's, it's genuinely something to be proud of, Dave. And then you look at the team yesterday as well. You've got Max O'Leary, Cam Pring, Zach Viner, uh, Tommy Conway. And then in, on the bench, Jamie Knight-LaBelle, Sam Bell, Ephraim Yaboa, and Raquel Nelson. Is It's... Um... Yeah, it's really special. And it's not something, I don't know, maybe quite a lot of younger fans wouldn't be aware of it. That it was something that we, for a long time, we didn't really have anyone. And then Joe Bryan came through with Bobby Reed, And then we had um, Kelly, who's now at Bournemouth as well. But now it, it's just taken for granted that kind of 30, 40% of our matchday squad is is academy-based and homegrown. And I, on... Um, I remember multiple seasons ago on OSIP discussing with Stan about how, you know, if you're finishing top half of the championship and you've got a squad made up of kind of whatever, that sort of 30, 40% homegrown players, I think most fans are happy. And that's definitely where we are, whether mm. or not most fans are happy. I don't really know. I don't really, don't really Twitter's not the best uh, barometer. But yeah, having, having those homegrown players, the players that go on to do well in the Premier League, which obviously makes cash for us or the players in the first team, um, and I, I mean, I love Tillian's enthusiasm for it all, but he's convinced that the next generation are even better, Pat. So yeah. mm. lots to look forward to. Yeah, Matt, the, the conveyor belt is in full effect. And um, as, a, as a Bristolian, uh, it, it's just, I don't know, I know they're not all, you know, technically Bristolians, but coming through a lot of local talent coming through into the team, it helps that connection between fan and team, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Absolutely. Um, but I also think not not just from the youngsters that were signing from, you know, schoolboy age that come up through the academy, but even players that get released at kind of the, the 16, 17s from other clubs, because of our academy and the pathway, you will get players looking to sign for us because of that. So, um, you know, it's it's clear what we've done. It, interestingly, you know, we're talk, talking about January. Um James Pierce has done a piece this morning um, on the the lad from St. Patrick's, um, St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Athletic, Adam Murphy, mm. that we were rumoured to be in for in the summer. Um, and James has said that, that and I'll, I'll read what he said, Bristol City are working on a deal to sign Republic of Ireland and the 21 international midfielder Adam Murphy. Bristol Live understands four months after a move from St. Patrick's Athletic collapse. Murphy was all set to become a City player in August after visiting the High Performance Centre and the Robertson agreed a six-figure fee with the League of Ireland club, but the transfer broke down and he remained with St. Pat's until the end of the domestic season. Murphy made 29 appearances with 17 as a starter as St. Pat's finished third in the League of Ireland and was a second-half substitute in their 3-1 FIA Cup victory over Bohemians. Now available on a free transfer, albeit with competition, compensation due to be paid. Um, Obviously, they talk about Jason Knight and Mark Sykes um, being the Irish sort of connection. But Man City, Crystal Palace, Brighton, Southampton, Derby are among the clubs reportedly been watching him. Um, and some Pats have offered him fresh terms and a bid to keep him. It also goes on to say um, that the Scott Twine link that was in the, the, the sort of media over the um, after the whole game, that um, Bristol Live said that there's nothing in that. And, and I didn't mm. think there would be because... 
Burnley would want a sizable fee for him. Well, I think um, they put two and two together with Manning probably having a chat to Twine yeah, exactly. afterwards or something. Yeah. And, and and I know, you know, I'm, I'm probably going against the grain a little bit um, with with some of our mates sort of saying, you know, he's definitely a player you'd sign. I've, I've never, in the games I've watched him, he's never stood out for me enough for me to think, wow, I'd really like him. Now, yeah, he's a young player, energetic, so I'm not saying we wouldn't. I'm not sure I'd be spending two and a half, three, four million on him. So, you know, this this lad Murphy, I don't think would be coming in to start. So I don't see that as being the creative midfielder that, that Manning's talking about in January. So that might be the, th- you know, a third signing. But I hope whatever business we do, we do early so that we can really kind of, you know, carry it forward. I saw someone saying yesterday about, um, you know, we need that kind of, um, physical number nine um, and someone put yeah we need, we definitely need a big lump we definitely don't need a big lump we want a number nine of a Delap type forward that can, is mobile and can hold the ball up and lay players in we definitely don't want a lump who you know offers you nothing from a um, an energetic kind of element so it, it will be it was, interesting to see was it Cheese or I think one of one of the FPA said about um, they would like to see Kiefer Moore uh, player like that come in. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think I've seen Cardiff linked with him again, um, and I don't, I don't know what his a what his terms are at Bournemouth. You know how long he's got left, but he's just not featuring for them, is he? And and as a player, I would imagine that he's made his money with the moves that he's had. So now, surely you want to be playing. So um, he's a player I've always been impressed with, Kiefer Moore. He does get about the pitch. He's mobile, holds the ball up. So yeah, absolutely, he, he would be one that I would be interested in. But I think with his past Cardiff connections, you don't know whether mm-hmm. um, that might be where he'd end up. Two positions uh, that need strengthening in January, Dave. What have you got? I think probably a striker, but not just any old striker. Somebody with physicality and mobility, definitely. Um, and if you can get the right one, fine. If not, don't just buy one for one's sake. I think um, now that Wales is fit, hopefully he stays fit for the season and if we can put Cornick up there if we desperately need to. So, yeah, but striker. And then I guess just another, probably somebody else in that attacking midfield role that if we do keep this, you know, three in midfield-ish, although we tweak, there are only four players for three positions and that is worrying. If Hickman or um, Knight were to be injured, then... You know that that dynamic shifts a bit in that centre midfield. So I think there's the the positions that I'd go for. But we have got players coming back. I mean, Ben Roos can play that attacking midfield role, and if he's back fit, then that could be exciting. So yeah, I'm not I'm not desperate for signings, but I think we will do one or two. And I guess they'll be done. They'll be done early, or there'll be players that have been identified. You know, yeah. it, it won't be just sort of random players that just come available that we go for. It will be it will be well thought out. Is my guess. Yeah. I think really interesting. Sorry, mate. I think Tins has said that, um, and, and even Liam Manning, if they can do business that they would have done in the summer and bring yeah, it forward. Yeah. So again, your point, they probably identified players that you know you you probably do pay you'll, you'll pay a fee for it over and above. You know if you're, you're getting them now, but make a really good point about Jason Knight. You know if we if we lost ninety, you know you you don't really have that same kind of player, do you? So yeah. No. The the interesting one for me, Matt, is is Max O'Leary in the goalkeeping position because if he got injured, 
yep. and we're throwing Bajic into a to a team where he we I think we've he's made one appearance in the, um, cup. Yep. In the cup. So and did that, cover himself in glory in that night, did he? It's Lincoln. So yeah. So for, for me, that's really dangerous not to address that in January. Uh, and whether that's a six month loan of a mm. aging Premier League goalkeeper who sat on the bench or. Or something like that. Some so just to give so that little uh, bit of insurance. Mariapa was it? That was a that was a pretty good signing. Someone like him. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone who's yeah out of contract. Uh, my, my per, wasn't it? Yeah, my Mine per. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mariapa. Yeah. Mariapa yeah. was the own goal. What for? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I don't. I yeah, don't mine. even know. Am I right in thinking that? It, um, is it? I want to say Luke Thomas, but I don't know if that's the that's the Rovers player, isn't it? But yeah, he goes back at he goes back um, end of January. Yeah, but I don't I don't know if he was at a contract at Forest Green or if it's just that that link. But you know, from that point of view, arguably is a Forest Green number two what you'd be looking at anyway. And and I don't mean that the same yeah. disrespectful. I guess I guess it is. So apologies, Luke. Um, and I'm not convinced by Badgic at all. I'm I'm just not even when I see him warming up, I'm not convinced. Um so yeah, I, I see what you're saying, Patch, but I don't actually think it will be something they go for. And they, they'll have to be really careful because there is I know you can get an emergency loan goalkeeper, mm. but that is based on whether what you've, you've got then got in something. the building. Yeah. Yeah. And I think both Harvey and Bajic Well Harvey's and, injured and, for a while. And certainly, he? And, yeah, but and certainly Luke would qualify that we probably wouldn't then mm. get the emergency loan goalkeeper. Yeah. So mm. yeah, it's a, it's a good point. May, maybe if, if it is January that, that Luke goes back and they don't feel that he would be able to step up, mm. then yeah, maybe you look at it from that. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the, the last week of January will yeah. be when that comes around, but it's going to be an interesting January, but we have to focus on Birmingham coming up um, in two days time now. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, and then Millwall on New Year's Day. It's fast and furious, Dave, isn't it? Yeah, it's relentless. Um, and I'm always reminded of this type time of year. There's that Harry Kane saying that he was going to send a photo of uh, himself on the beach and Boxing Day to all his English mates. <laughs> <laughs> that we're the we're the only country that does this. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm I'm convinced it's not that smart, but I'd I love it. <laughs> I love yeah, exactly. It. Yeah. For, for us as fans, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's when you look yeah. at it, we've we've just played obviously Sunderland, Hull, Watford, Sunderland sixth, Hull seventh, Watford tenth, and then we're playing Birmingham, Millwall in nineteenth and twentieth. That's the that's the uh, that's the banana skin, isn't it? Well, but, but I think <laughs> th- this again will show maybe some of what Manning talks about with behaviours and not getting too high, too low. But as fans, you know, as I say, we we were going. I think majority of fans yesterday would have said I'll take a point and we'll do lucky to get anything out of this and then we go and beat them 4-1 so when you're then going away to to a Birmingham team that have gone lost one lost drawn lost sat in 19th only seven points off of a relegation place and and the fans aren't happy with the Rooney situation mm. um you know we've we've got to go there with a real positive intent Mill will sit below Birmingham and admittedly with their new manager, but they've gone two losses, two draws and a win. So that all right, they're they're on the up from that. But you know, you, you've got to look at that. And I've seen a lot of people talk about um, you know, the the, the playoffs and the the fifth and sixth position, everything else has kind of already almost been decided. 
But we're only ten points off of Leeds in fourth, mm. and that's four. That's four games. Mm. You know, and and in in the championship, you can easily go on a run of winning five, six games in clubs losing that. So, you know, we we've talked about if we, we in fact. On this podcast, we've said if around Christmas time, January, we were top ten vying for a playoff place, that's what we'd be looking at, and that's exactly where we are. Yeah, so, yeah. I I hope we do invest in quality, but quality that can come in now, and not quality that might be for next season, the season beyond. You know, you want them to come in and be able to make that. Uh, I'm not saying this character, but a Lee Tomlin type impact when he came in players that can come in and make a real difference for us in, in the, the remainder of the season, isn't it? Because mm. it's not beyond the realms of possibility that, you know, yeah, as I say, but 10 points off of Leeds. But just just uh, to throw in this in there as devil's advocate, we've just, we've won three on the banks. Yep. As long as we put the shift in, in the next two games, if we don't get the wins, let's stick with it. We're going in the right direction. Um, yeah. We absolutely need to just make sure that we we maintain this positive drive if you like on the yeah. on the Liam Manning journey because if we if we went off and and lost the next two games I don't want to see Manning out I don't want to see comments of of this is this is turgid this is this is awful um you've just got you've just got to be in it for the journey Matt you've got to recognize he's trying to change the way that we play with the same group of players so that is going to take time. And again, I'll go back. What's he been in the building? Six weeks. So you know, from that point of view, um, I've I've absolutely seen positives in every game I've watched under Liam Manning. Um, and yesterday, as I say, you know that you're going back to probably Lee Johnson days when you've seen an away victory like that against the caliber of opposition as well. You know, you, you you've seen games where we were expected to get a result, but to go away to um, to Watford and get that result, you know, and again, it's really tight, you know, yeah, we're in eighth on 35 points. Um, Blackburn, who turned us over a couple of weeks back, are in 15th on 31 points. I'd imagine he's going to be under a bit of pressure, um, John Dal Thomason, because their, their only win in the last five games was against us. Um, but you know, we're we're above currently. Watford, Norwich, Coventry, Middlesbrough, Blackburn, you know, big, big teams. So, yeah, enjoy the ride and let's just see where this can take us. Brilliant. Right, we'll leave it there. We are, um, I think we're up to the 90-minute mark. So, uh, okay. into injury time now. Dave, thank you so much for, for yeah, joining thanks, us Dave. this morning. Been fantastic hey, to have welcome. your insight. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And just quickly echo what Matt says. This is... You were gutted that Pearson left and the way that all happened, but the way that Manning plays football is really exciting. And um, yeah. yeah, I hope the City fans are on board because we're going to have a good ride under him no matter what happens. Brilliant. Uh, good stuff. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, as I say, Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll be back on the 30th uh, to talk about the Birmingham away match. Um, but for now, we'll leave you with the Silhouette Showgirls and Burning Up the Sun. Follow us over on Twitter at 3PIAPC. And uh, Matt, your final comments, please. Happy Christmas. And uh, yeah, stay safe out there and enjoy the festive period if you're off. And if you're back to work, hope it's not too painful for you. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Right. Cheers, Dave. Cheers, Matt. Take care, all. Cheers. Cheers.